The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is the Masters Class. And if you love what you hear on our Masters Class, please subscribe to the Busted Open Podcast. I mean, you get the best of Busted Open each and every day. Also, if you love what you hear on the Busted Open Podcast, you can listen to us for three hours a day, Monday through Saturday, on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. And we're here with our Masters of the Ring that form our Masters class. We're here with WWE Hall of Famer, TNA Hall of Famer, Bully Ray, and the innovator of violence, the landlord of the House of Hardcore, and the heart and soul of professional wrestling, and your Impact Digital Media Champion, Tommy Dreamer. Bully Tommy, welcome to this week's edition of the Masters class. What up? How are you? I'm great. Sunday fun day. Bloody That's Mary right. time. There you go. Now, guys, I think you would agree with me that a couple of years ago, we saw a lot of former WWE wrestlers appear on AEW television. You know, Brian Danielson would be an example of that. Adam Cole would be an example of that. Even a CM Punk would be an example of that. But now lately, we've kind of seen the tide turn and we've seen Cody Rhodes come from the world of AEW back to the WWE. The big news coming out of this past week is Jade Cargill uh, signing with the WWE. Saw the vignette on NXT for Brian Pillman Jr. So I thought today's topic would be a good one, and that is some AEW wrestlers that you think would flourish in the world of the WWE. So... Um, let's banty about some names. The first name that comes to my mind would be Wardlow. Bully, what do you think about Wardlow, and would he flourish in the world of the WWE? Anybody can flourish in the world of the WWE if the WWE wants you to flourish. Let's get that out there first. If they get behind you, especially if it's a Vince McMahon idea, If Vince comes up with something for you and has a vision, he is going to do his damnedest to make sure you flourish, the idea flourishes, the story flourishes, and that it works. Uh, But as far as a name is concerned, Wardlow, absolutely. Once again, nobody has an answer on what what has and had happened with Wardlow. We haven't heard a, um, a good hypothesis, a rumor, uh, 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 
an all-out lie. I don't know why Wardlow was AEW's version of Goldberg, and they just let it slip through their fingers on three different t- three different attempts. So I think a guy like Wardlow, Wardlow has that look. I think Wardlow has a look that both Vince and Triple H would like because Vince and Triple H are gym guys. They're body guys. They like big guys. So I think Wardlow would be given an opportunity to flourish. I think that they would dig deep into his personality and pull his personality out a lot more. So I'll go thumbs up on whether or not Wardlow could flourish in the WWE. Tommy, what do you think about Wardlow? Uh, Absolutely. He could Uh, a big part too, you know, uh, and this is coming from someone who was a top act in one company and then went to another company um, fitting in adapting to the locker room and getting to know their system. Uh, I did two out of the three, uh, but their system to me, when I went there, man, it just didn't thrive. It didn't thrive for me. Then I actually went and worked in the office and I understood it. So getting to know a newer system is key. I know Bubba went through it when he went again, top act. And, you know, night one's getting tested. You have to understand it's a whole other world when you get there. And I know times are different, but I don't know if locker rooms are because you're going to be a new talent who's pushed. You're going to have people that are already there that may see you as a threat. or And if you're an asshole or if you're not humble, you have to make sure you go out of your way to do those things because you won't survive. And uh, I, I'm... I'm a strickler for that, but I do think Wardlow is all those things of positivity, and I do think he would uh, flourish, thrive, do great in WWE because he's, you know, he's bigger, he can move, he has a he has a great presence, um, and, and I he has a fan base that was there, and I feel like because whatever happened, whether you know, again, none of us know. Um, but I think those people would get behind him and he could be a new version of a WWE manufactured Bill Goldberg. All right. Uh, throw that another, is something. Yes. And I, I'll throw another one out that we've seen, I think, in the same example that is with Wardlow, but not nearly as big, would probably be Will Hobbs. We've seen them start and stop with Will Hobbs several times. So, Bully, I'll throw to you. Uh, would Will Hobbs thrive in the world of the WWE? I think he would also. I think Will I'm going to compare Will Hobbs to somebody right now. Um, Bobby Lashley. Can you see the comparisons in Bobby Lashley and Hobbs? And I'm not just talking about skin color. Yeah. Yes, no, maybe so. Oh, their physique. I mean, I just, I look at Lashley. I, I think I look at Hobbs a little bit different than I look at Lashley. I look at Lashley as that consummate athlete, but I look at Hobbs as like a guy that we know could be a top heel and a monster uh, in a company. Who do you fear more when they speak, Will Hobbs or Bobby Lashley? Hobbs. Without a doubt. I don't even know why yeah. it took you time to think. That's the thing with Bobby, Bobby and Drew McIntyre to me have always been in this same boat that everything is there, 
the look, the talent, the wrestling ability, yada, yada, yada. Then they talk, and all of a sudden, they lose me. I'm just saying, personally, they lose me because I don't think there's enough bass in that voice. I don't think Bobby and Drew are just genuinely nice guys. And when you're that genuinely a nice person, I don't know how much you can actually portray the badass. They might be badasses as they can kick your ass, but they're not portraying this badass. Hobbs is a different story to me. You know who I see in Hobbs a little bit of time? Tommy, This I'm going to really pull this out of left field. Tell me if you see it. Sometimes when Hobbs talk, oh my God, if you say this, I'm going to die. Hang on. Who? New Jack. Holy fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Dave, do you have any idea how obscure that just was? That, and he knew what I, I was thinking. I'm interested to hear the connection between those two. So it's that, it's that, um, it's that. I don't even know the right. What's the? A lot right? of it has to deal with your. It's your that real urban life. badass. I got. I grew up on the streets. You know, I had it hard as a kid. I'm a natural born killer. I have. Like when when Hobbs talks, I get that new Jack feel. Yeah. And and that's the edge that I'm always looking for. So we've seen Hobbs go out there and have good matches. Hobbs has improved his body. Hobbs was a bit on the softer side when he first started. Now, he's hard as a rock. He is. So, uh, here's another comparison. Oh, my God. If you get this one, I I'll be nice to you for, like, a day. WWE had a version of Will Hobbs back in the day. Who was it? Mark Henry. I was going to go with Ahmed Johnson. Oh, yeah. Good call. Um, but Ahmed, as much as they tried with Ahmed, you know, you were talking about getting, getting, you know, the locker room getting used to you. Unfortunately, a lot of people in the locker room back in the day did not get along very well with Ahmed. But Hobbs has it. And this is, and Dave, this is what pisses me off about AEW at times. Because Tommy knows it's hard to create new talents that are over with your fan base, but finding finding organic talent who just get over when they go out there, that's even harder. And Hobbs and, and Wardlow got over with that crowd. But what are they doing? So that's they're not why on TV. I think, I, they're not on I, TV. I think the last time, and I'm sure somebody will tweet us if I'm wrong. I think the last time we saw Hobbs on TV was at All Out when he lost to Miro. But you know, Powerhouse Hobbs again. He's part of Collision. I would think that that's somebody that you would want to be on TV at least twice a month, three times a month on TV. If I had the pencil, I'd be pushing Hobbs to the moon. Um, I feel this. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I thought we were moving on to another two. I have two other people that I think would do better in WWE. Sorry okay. about that. Um, 
one would be not a hard sell to the people, but a hard sell to whatever. Again, I don't know management there, you know, um, because it's a brand new company kind of sort of. One, I think Ricky Starks, his confidence and his promo skills would get him over, but he'd have to be given that opportunity. Um, But then, like, I wouldn't want them to be like, well, we have Austin Theory, and he's in better shape because those things would happen. But I think the fans would rally behind Ricky Starks. And I'm also using that as this, you know, with Jade, there's the Cody factor. Ricky Starks, there's the Cody factor as well. And then somebody that I would love to see go back to WWE um, because he was going to get that push, but he wasn't there, but he's a totally different person, would be Big Bill, Big Cass, William Morrissey. Um, man, like I saw so much in him when I worked with him exclusively in Impact, and he was becoming an attraction and there's very few attractions in the world of professional wrestling and i had him in the mind of sid or sid vicious but he could also he could wrestle he could work and was getting it and then you know he went to aew fine he's been kind of just a background piece but i hope there's more for him but him coming back, I think, to the WWE, like I said, they were going to push him. I don't know if that would be the case anymore. But, you know, WWE has the the mindset, if you get over other places, we will use you. I don't know if he, he was getting over an impact. I don't know if he's gotten over. I don't think, you know, he's just, he's there. And he's somebody who I would push to the moon as well. I mean, it's almost like a um, a Miro Keith Lee situation where, since coming to AEW, we don't really see much of either Miro and Keith Lee on TV. So Miro is another travesty, absolute travesty. The stuff that he was doing with the Redeemer, every once in a while, when we saw him in the back doing the the vignettes and the promos. So good. A bit of a religious thing, how his God had sacrificed him and his relationship with his woman and all this stuff. Whenever Miro talked and, and, and it was the way the mirror that Miro talked with the passion and the conviction of how a real, when you speak to a, a person who is very passionate about their faith, when they talk, they talk as true believers, whether that's a Christian, a Catholic, no matter anybody, a, a, a Jewish person. That's how Miro spoke. He made me believe that because he was so close to God or how God had forsaken him, that he had to prove himself again and that he was a warrior for God or whatever direction he was going in, I believed in Miro. But once again, Miro's not having a freaking five-star match, so we'll just use Miro whenever. Well, I mean, I think that is changing, though, Bully, because Miro has become a, 
a main attraction on Collision on Saturdays. But yeah, there was a before Collision started. I don't think there was such a long gap between him being a part of Dynamite and now being a part. So of let Collision. me ask you a question, Dave. And this might be me. And feel free to say if it's me. I don't look at Fridays and Saturdays the same way I look at Wednesdays for AEW. You got you have to kind of change your mindset on that. I un- I I understand Rampage on Fridays, but to me personally, I think Collision is a better show than Dynamite on Wednesdays. Like, and it's starting to grow. Like again, this past week, the number is growing as far as people watching Collision. And they had a, a really strong number, and that's going up against college football as well. I think you do have to change your mindset about collision on Saturdays. I, at least I feel it's the best show that AEW has on a week-to-week basis. Fair enough. Uh, um, I'm going to throw another one out there, and I know that this person has had injury issues, but as a character, I can't think of anybody better, and that's Danhausen. Uh, I know that Dan Housen is a part of the AEW roster. Um, they make figures like crazy, and they can't keep the Dan Housen figures off the shelves, on the shelves, and the, and the merchandise. He's a top merchandise seller. But I couldn't even tell you the last time I saw Dan Housen on TV. I understand the issues as far as maybe him getting into the ring. And again, I'm not even 100% sure about that. But I don't even know if you need Dan Housen in the ring. If I was AEW, I would have Dan Housen on my on on my television at least once a week. There is only one wrestler in my entire career that I have ever asked to do a promo with. It was Dan Housen. Because I find him so unique, so different, and so entertaining. I agree. He is I a- WWE use him like the way he should. Same with oh, our capacity. I don't think they would understand it. To- totally agree. Dan Housen, a great example of somebody who would not work in the WWE because Tommy hit the nail on the head. Well, what is this guy? He's a vampire. He's a, he's a devil worshiper. He's a, uh, uh, actually boss. He really is a devil worshiper. <laughs> um, if Vince doesn't understand you, you're about as dead as in the water as can be. Hunter, maybe a little bit more open-minded to it. Or like okay, even so- Orange Cassidy. So you're going to deliver bad kicks? Why would you deliver a bad kick when you could hurt somebody with a good kick? And yeah, you just but you don't get it. Fly. Yeah. Or you're, wait, you're lazy? They wouldn't understand that. So Dan House and I don't, you know, so wait, wrestlers are gonna I mean, think of think of like comedy acts. Santino was Santino reached as highest level as Santino could have ever reached with that character. Right? The Cobra, all that stuff. And like, so this wrestler is gonna put a curse on you and you're gonna not be, you know, uh, if you're not as big as Papa Shango. And you can't work like Papa Shango. I don't think they would understand it. And here's the thing, Dave. Santino used to make Vince laugh. So if you can make Vince laugh, he really doesn't need to understand you. Okay. All right. Makes sense, even though it really doesn't make a lot of sense. All right. 
I'm going to throw one out. Um, Brian Cage. You know, Brian Cage, obviously a part of Impact. Brian Cage. I'll let part Tommy take this uh, one. Of AEW. Would Brian Cage thrive in the world of the WWE? I think Brian's excellent where he is in AEW. Okay. Fair enough. That's that's my answer. I don't know. I do not think so. Could you elaborate? I just don't think. Uh, I don't think if they saw they would strip everything away that Brian could do that made him get hired in AEW, and I don't think it would benefit Brian. I think Brian is very very. He's great exactly where he was. I don't think he would uh, be great there. Brian okay. Cage can do what no other man with his build and body I've ever seen do in the wrestling business. Can you think of, other than Scott Steiner, when he was still tagging with Rick and hitting phenomenal Frankensteiners, I've never seen a guy with this as much muscle as Brian Cage do the same shit that uh, Penta and Ray Phoenix and Dragon Lee and all those other high flyers can do. You guys? No, uh, he's a freak. That's what makes him so unique. This is why I would push Brian Cage because the announcers would be able to say he does things that nobody else could do. But uh, but in the W but when he would get to the WWE, the WWE would try to tighten Brian Cage's screws. They would try to take away some of that crazy stuff that he's able to do to maximize it when he eventually does it. And I don't think Brian would understand what they were trying to do. Tommy, yes or no? They would say, why are you doing that? That makes no sense. Like, uh, you mean psychological, like like a big man like you, you don't need to do that type of stuff in the ring. Is Is that what it would be? Correct. Brock Lesnar, WrestleMania, when he did the shooting star press on Kurt Angle. Now, I know he almost killed himself. But before that, the WWE was like, you don't need to do this move. We're going to invest entirely too much money in you where you don't be, need to be doing a move that you can possibly get hurt on. And Brock was like, I've done it a million times. I'm not going to get hurt. And on the biggest stage of them all, he came up short and really almost... Yeah. You know, it, it could have been bad. Uh, Scorpio Sky. Somebody that I think was he, doing... I, I think he would just... I, I think the world of Scorpio on a personal level and a mm. professional level, I just... I think he'd just get lost in the mix like so many others do. And then you also got to look at age factor. I mean, he's he's been doing this a long time and what we have a bunch of people that are already in our system. So, okay. I mean, we use these people as an examples and the examples why, um, you know, that's it. Speaking of youth, what about someone like Hook? Would Hook thrive in the WWE? Uh, I don't know. What makes Hook unique right now? His look, his attitude, demeanor. I think that's what makes him unique. I mean, I like this. There's, there's this underlying tone with Hook of almost like a James Dean-esque persona. Yeah, like I, I think that's fair. I think that's a good okay. analogy. But 
I, I, I'm not so sure how much. Now, the you know what the WWE would try to do do to him? What? Make him a Tiger Beat uh, 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 model, cover model. And, and with with Hook, it would work. I bet you Hook would have the the, the young the young girls swooning over him. But size wise, you know, once again, Dave, you got to make them look twice. Okay. One of the things that I teach my students, and I actually physically act this out for them, Dave. I I I I walk past a student. And I turn and I look at the student and then I turn back in the direction I'm walking and I keep walking. I said, this is what happens to most talent that walks through the WWE doors. I said, what you want them to do is this. And then I'll walk past them again and I'll look at them and then I'll look away and then I'll look back. If you can get them to look back at you, you have them on the hook. What does hook have? that's going to make them look twice. And, you know, we started this with talking about Jade. What, what does Jade have if you look pat, by her, at her? Everything. Everything. Yeah. Or even, you know, we, like I said with Cody, go out there, get over somewhere else, prove that you're a draw, and they'll use, I mean, Cody, the way he dresses, the neck tattoo, the, the platinum blonde hair, Cody looks like a something. He was the same guy you had, but no, now he's totally different. He also has confidence. There, Dave, a lot more to it, guys. Last week, uh, this past week, obviously with the announcement of Jade, um, last uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, social media really hot on varying opinions on Jade. So many people either wishing failure or saying every possible negative thing about she's not going to succeed. Even Vince Russo coming on the show with you guys and saying, when was the last time the WWE created a megastar? Why should she believe that we, that she was, that she is going to succeed? I will ask you this question. When was the last time you saw the WWE release on their social media a talent hashtagging the talent's current name reminding us that her name is jade cargill thus insinuating that they probably won't change her name walking into the front door of the pc i can't i i don't think they have and 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 on top of that bully the fact that they had espn and that's mainstream that's that's non-wrestling fans seeing that same video that you're talking about of Jade Cargill walking into the performance center. So even non-wrestling fans are going to see that video and say, "Oh my God, who's she?" You don't think that that's uh, okay? I'll get a word. I'll get away from the word megastar since Russo had so much of a problem with it. I'll just say this: Is that the star treatment? to you day one yes and let's assume vince russo is because vince made a lot of really good points about the stars that the wwe has created and i've been barking at the top of my lungs that you'll never see another rock another cena because they just won't let it happen and by the way that vince russo interview is available right now on the busted open podcast if you want to go back to listen 
and he's still talking about it. That's but right. have we had anybody like a Jade Cargill come around in a while? That generational talent that like MJF uh, loves to t- uh, loves to talk about. Jade Cargill, at the very least, has a generational look, a generational it fact. There is something there. Jade Cargill is a raw piece of clay. In AEW, she could not have possibly have been molded because I don't believe AEW knows how to mold a star like that. AEW provides a platform for stars to get over in their own right what like a max has gotten over or any of the young like an orange has gotten over this is all the work of the talent not of creative not of tony has provided a platform we've seen the wwe mold these raw pieces of clay and turn them into things i have no reason to believe despite russo making a lot of sense I have no reason to believe that they're going to take somebody like Jade Cargill and let her just wash away into obscurity or just become a mid-carder or just another flavor of the week, month, year, and then who knows? It would have to be a colossal failure, and I can't picture Jade Cargill being a colossal failure. Tommy, what about you? No, I think they're going to push her to the moon and see where that takes us hopefully the moon is the right place for her can you see any reason and i don't know her personally tommy i don't know if you've ever met her personally dave does nothing but give her rave reviews on a personal level right dave yes i couldn't be a nicer person and again that wow factor when you see her in person you she has that it factor so she has athletic ability. She has a look, yada, yada, yada. You've met her in person. You know her person. You've seen her personality. Do you see any reason why she wouldn't be able to succeed? No, to the point where I, I'm i surprised that AEW didn't use her in a, in a much bigger capacity. I, I thought when Jade came back, and we all know that she had that long run as the, you know, the TBS champion, and she had almost like that Goldberg-esque like run of being undefeated. I thought when she finally came back that she was going to be catapulted into the the main event scene for the women, which is the AEW Women's Championship. I thought I thought she was going to get somehow in the you know somehow whether it was after the match or involved during the match of what we saw with the women's championship match at All In in front of eighty thousand people. Obviously, that didn't happen. So I, I think the sky's the limit. She even said in an interview with The Ringer that she felt that there was a ceiling in AEW. So the reason that she, like, don't forget, guys, this is like the unknown for Jade Cargill. This is taking a chance. She knew what she had in AEW. She doesn't know what she's going to have in the world of the WWE. But the reason she made that decision, because the sky's the limit. There is no ceiling in the WWE. We always talk about the moments that we create in this industry. One of the most iconic face-to-face moments is Hulk and Andre face-to-face 
WrestleMania three. Hulk is trembling on this face to face. Are you going to tell me that the WWE doesn't know that Jade Cargill standing across from Charlotte Flair face to face is the money shot that that they'd be looking for from a WrestleMania that, moment? That's that's a a main event caliber match at WrestleMania. And I'm not saying that that's going to happen this year at WrestleMania 40. I'm not suggesting that this happened unless Jade went into that PC and blew everybody out of the water. But I'm not suggesting anything this quick. But maybe next year, you couldn't see Charlotte Flair and Jade Cargill face to face. Hey, there's there's Becky, there's Charlotte, there's Bianca, there's Rhea. Um, I bring back Beth Phoenix, uh, to help get her over. If I'm booking her, I'm booking her to the moon. Uh, and, and until if I don't think it would fail until she failed, but I don't think she would fail. This, one of the things that China was lucky to have, well, two of the things China was lucky to have was Hunter to her left and Sean to her right. But I still believe that Jade has the same potential that China had. She's China meets Goldberg. That's huge. Yeah, that's and huge. There, and there's an op. There could be a chance where you see, you know, World Championship gold around Cody's waist, who hit a ceiling in AEW, and gold around Jade Cargill's waist, who she believes felt hit a ceiling at AEW. Guys, great show. Again, please subscribe to the Busted Open Podcast. It's free. Give us a five-star rating. Also, if you like what you hear, uh, you can listen to us on SiriusXM Fight Nation Monday through Saturday for three hours a day. And, hell, why don't you buy a hoodie, a hat, and a T-shirt while you're at it? Go to podswag.com slash open Again, podswag.com slash open for all our full line of merchandise for myself for bully ray for tommy dreamer we'll talk to you next week right here on busted opens the master there are over 75 million monthly tubi viewers that's more people than there are golden retrievers which means tubi is more popular than using meat flavored toothpaste more popular than never figuring out what w-a-l-k spells more popular than kicking your leg when a human rubs your belly just right. Tubi, it's more popular than golden retrievers. See you in there. As a wrestling fan, you know it's hard. All the blood, the sweat, the tears, the chairs. It's a hard day out there. And do you know what tastes incredible after a hard day in the ring? A Mike's Hard Lemonade. You get all hot and bothered, and then you can cool off with an ice-cold hard lemonade. Since day one, Mike's Hard Lemonade has been making lemonade the hard way. They take three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, and cold-press them to create a taste like no other. They choose to do things the hard way because they know hard days deserve a hard lemonade. That's why for 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. Find now in store, Mike's is hard, so is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium malt beverage with flavors 
Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Ask Sherwin-Williams and get 30% off Duration and Super Deck products May 17th through the 20th. That means 30% off our most popular color family, blue. Psychologists have found it to be soothing and relaxing, which makes it especially great for bedrooms and bathrooms. And of course, get 30% off all of our other colors. Shop the sale online or visit your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams store. Click the banner to learn more. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. If you're on a GLP-1, you're probably loving the results. But how do you feel? All of those side effects can take a toll. So now what? Get to GNC. We'll help with solutions to address those side effects and keep you going on your journey. GNC. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.